0: Welcome to Leader Flow, hydration for thirsty leaders. A preeminent source of curated world-class leadership resources that will enable you to grow your influence and multiply your impact. Alex Zapala and Steve Kane are experienced leaders in both the profit and non-profit sectors, giving them a unique vantage point which enables them to deliver multi-dimensional leadership principles and practices to help maximize your leadership flow. Let's join the conversation.
1: You know, Steve, I I, I know one of the things that we've spoken about at length in the past is around developing leaders and and developing teams, because there's nothing that is of any great worth that's been developed by one person. It takes a team of people to really
0: create something great, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's something special about working in a team, isn't there, versus just being on your own. Absolutely. The team of one doesn't go too far, does it? No, no. It's, it's a little bit lonely after a while, isn't it? I think during COVID, I think a lot of people found that and discovered that, haven't they? Yeah. And and really that, that
1: gave us uh, an opportunity to pivot in the way we do things and to really challenge the things that have you know, what has been status quo for some time in gathering people together and meeting with them and doing all those sorts of things. We've had to find new ways of doing things. So it really... It changes also our ability to create connections with people, especially our team members. And I know that you've had some really strong background in building teams and even in youth ministry and things like that. So I can't remember the exact story. Can you Can you recount that for me?
0: Yeah. So when I arrived in South Queensland, I was working at the head office for the South Queensland region. And we had 110 churches scattered across the South Queensland region, which for us was from Rockhampton in the north across to the Northern Territory border and then dropping all the way down to the New South Wales border. So you've got young people and youth leaders that were scattered all across that broad area. And I thought, how can you really get in touch with and support people at ground level to help them in a real way. And so I thought, I need to build a team. And so we developed a regional youth coach network, and I had different people who would lead youth ministry and support local church youth leaders and their young people in the different regions. Mm, Wow. We started out from scratch. So first of all, had to find people, and from there, build a team from nothing through to was an amazing team that really helped drive forward the vision that we had for youth ministry and also for the support level for people who are actually doing the job.
1: Yeah, and it's an important aspect that, isn't it? John used to say teamwork makes the dream work just sort of came to mind as you were talking. When you build a team, you help make your organization better. And when you focus that team on the vision of the organization, you help it fulfill its vision. So if a leader is wanting to build a dream team of leaders, I know that there are some key things that they need to do to make that happen. What are some of those things that come to mind for you?
0: Yeah, sure, Alex. You know, when you're wanting to build a a dream team of leaders, there's some great ideas. John Maxwell is one of the world's top five leadership experts, and I'm going to intersperse some of his thoughts and mine Mm. uh, in our conversation today. The first thing is that visionary leaders are willing to hire people, or in my case, engage volunteers who are better than themselves now this is a really important point and not all leaders have the capacity to do this but someone once asked a leader if you could hire someone or engage someone who you knew would move the organization forward but you'd have to pay them more than your salary (laughs) would you actually do that yes that's a big call, isn't it because when you know that you would And you're like, wow, okay, then that changes the way that you perceive the team and your role in it and that you're prepared to to do what it takes to move things forward. It's bigger than you. Hmm. So anytime leaders find themselves being selfish or petty, you can be pretty sure they've wandered far away from the vision. And the way you get back on track is to put the vision first and let everything else settle back to its rightful place.
1: I've had some experience in that area and and being on the board of of organisations in the past that have been not-for-profit organisations. When they've moved from the founder to a board-led and a CEO-led organisation, there's a massive change that happens. And it's at that point where the founder needs to step out and say, well, I need to pay these people more because they're going to take it further than what I could actually even envision myself doing it. Yeah. And, and there is a point or juncture where that happens. And to be less egotistical about the process and be really focused on the vision and the outcomes for the organisation, it really takes a special type of leader, one who is who has a great vision for where that organisation can be and the impact it can have.
0: Yeah. And if the vision's not first and we let ourselves or, or people get in the way of that, it really, really takes you away from what you would be doing or should be doing Mm. in order to achieve it in order to achieve it
1: so really as the leader you want to bring people together and you want to try and bring the
0: skill set that you need to actually then create a team of people that's right and so a wise leaders shape their people into a team right as you're saying that there's some key things there first of all getting a nice cross-section of people with different skills and abilities and here's some key steps that I've found to be valuable in shaping people into a team. The first is to build connection on three fronts. So once you've got your people, you've selected your people and have a good cross-section of skills, then build the connection with them. And the first part of that is you as a team leader with each person on the team. If you don't connect with people, how on earth are they going to to work with you and how are you going to ask them to do things and them actually wanting to do it. Yeah. And the second part of that, of the connection is each person on the team, encouraging them to build connection with each other. Yeah. We're not silos here. We're actually on a team and the team, all hands are important. Yep. Absolutely. And then the third part of that building connection is each person on the team to rinse and repeat with their teams, with those that they are interacting with. So in that example that I gave, those regional youth coaches then had local church teen youth and young adult leaders that they interacted with and that they needed to build connection with. So it's not just about our team, but the teams that the people on the team are connecting with.
1: The teams that form the team.
0: That's it. Because there are more teams that form the team, right? That's yep. right. Okay. Exactly. Right. Yep. And the next step is to establish and communicate the culture of the team. So I would bring somebody on board, connect with them, and then I'd share with them what the culture was of the, of the team, what we were trying to create, the attitudes that we valued, mm. and how that would benefit what we were doing. And then after that, I'd talk about creating buy-in with them. And what I mean by buy-in is to help them really get a sense of the vision and the goals that are set for us to get there as a team. How do you see that you could build into that? And this is how I see you could build into it. But what about you? And and so that created the buy-in right there.
1: Yeah. And buy-in is so important because if if, um, if people don't buy into the vision, then they won't buy into the organization. They need to know that what they do is of value and will be valued. Yeah. Yeah. And so buying into the vision is uh, is a huge part of the, the that successful team development. And
0: like at that stage, if you get a sense that they're just not passionate about the vision, well then that's a good time to say, look, maybe this is not a great fit for you and that's this right. team. Yep. And uh, you gotta make the call, don't yeah, you? The make the yeah, call there. Right. Don't waste any don't exactly. waste time from then on, you know. That's right. Once you've got the buy in, then I found you got to try to engage people in their strength zones mm. and acknowledge those strength zones in front of the rest of the team. Mm. You are, out of all of us on the team, you're the one who could really add some incredible value here. So what, what do you think? Yeah. And suddenly people realize, oh, okay, and they, then they start leaning into their strengths when you point those strengths out to the rest of the team. Yep. From there, once you've got people engaging in their strength zones, one of the big things that I found is how could – you add value to them on the team. I'd like to do this through a few different means, through upskilling, via mentoring or coaching. You can create enjoyable team experiences that connect and bond the team together. And importantly, recognize effort that is linked to the achievement and celebrate wins as a team. Yeah, Because when you're recognizing effort that's linked to achievement, other people then go, okay, so if I put in the effort, but it actually leads to achievement... Mm. Then that gets recognized, not just effort alone. Yeah. Because you can be doing something, but if it's having no earthly results You're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you praise that, then other people go, well, hang on a minute, nothing's happened. That's right. They're just praising the effort, but yep. nothing happened. It's great when the effort's tied to an outcome, an achievement. You know, when they see what you value, then they discover, they discover for themselves what, well, okay, this is this is what's important. That's here. right. Then they can lean into that. Because, you know, sometimes I don't think that organisations
1: celebrate enough of the win that they have. It's more about, oh, great. Oh, fantastic. High five. Great. Tick. Next. Yeah. And the moment's gone where that, that achievement may have taken years to manifest and, you know, in five seconds we've high-fived and we've moved on to the next task and we've forgotten the enormity of the work that we've put into it. And I don't think we spent enough time in doing that. Maybe we, we'll we have another conversation around that celebration and how we can create celebratory-type events for those achievements. And I'm not talking yeah. about fanfare of thousands of people. I'm talking about how we can actually
0: linger in it a little longer, right? Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's coin that. I like that. For me as a key leader in that situation. One of the things that was valuable to me, Alex, is that if one person gets a win on the team, we all take the win. And then conversely, if one person takes a loss... We're gonna, we take that together as a team. We're not going to leave you standing alone, yep. holding the can. Yes, it happened in your area, or what you were trying to work through, but we all take that together yep. and let's learn from that, grow from that, move forward. That's it. When team members know that, that, hey, if I go down, the whole team's, They're coming with me and they're going to be there. They're going to help me get back up. And that's a great feeling because that breeds confidence to actually go out and try things and fail and to know that, hey, I'm not going to get dogged here, but I'm going to get the support. We're going to get back up and we're going to make things happen. Yep, exactly.
1: There's an old saying. It says, when we win, we put it in our pocket. When we lose, we put it in our heart. And yeah. it's just those moments where the heart is engaged and we, 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 we can actually learn something from every one of those heart experiences, every one of those things where they didn't go well. Is, and that's where we want to share that heart because we want to spread that as well, don't we? Because yeah. there's such a great lesson available, lesson in every loss if we take the time to actually reflect on it. Yeah. But one thing I do
0: also know is that secure leaders really empower their teams. Wayne Schmidt once said, no amount of personal competency compensates for personal insecurity. That is so true. Now, insecure leaders are focused and consumed with themselves and, you know, the need to have others around them be second best. They have this belief, I've got to be the best because I'm the leader. It's a false belief. If they have any sense that they're not being the best at any point in time, they'll put down on the people. Yeah. They'll, they'll make sure that you know they have to come out on top or they'll take credit for stuff that they should not take credit for. Yep. It was their team members who did it, but they take the credit for it. Yeah not a good look. But a secure leader will give credit to
1: others. And also I've always found that secure leaders also take the blame when things don't go well. So they take it upon themselves but they give they're very free
0: to give the credit to others in the work and highlight the work of others. It's just yeah. a wonderful thing. If we aren't secure as leaders, it's going to come across in all sorts of unhealthy behaviours and attitudes. That's right. And security in self is a huge part,
1: and it really is deeply deeply ingrained, deeply rooted in your identity and who you identify yourself as and and who you identify yourself as as not. Mm. Because it's important to find who you are and identify who you are is we need to also discern who we're not. Yeah. Those things are key things for leaders, to be firm in our own identity, first and foremost, as well as to identify strongly as a leader and in complete control of who we are and to what we do. And from there, we can actually then empower others and give others power to come about and give them the authority and empower them to actually take action that they need to.
0: One of the... Imp- Empowering things with that, Alex, is when experienced leaders listen to their teams. Exactly, listening is really empowering to people. Immature leaders lead first and then they listen afterwards. Yeah. When I think about that statement, I, I can see times in my life well, that was me. We all can. We can say that. <laughs> we can busy. all identify with that. Yeah. Man. Too busy talking, not enough listening. And on the other hand, good leaders understand that the people closest to the work are the ones who really are in the know. So if you want to get optics on the thing at hand that is being examined, then you need to look through the lens of those closest to the situation. And you do this by listening to your team members first. I mean, I used to get on the phone, I'd call someone up there near Rockhampton or whatever, and I'd say, hey, uh, how's things going? Uh, What's happening uh, around your area? And in a, a simple conversation, 10 minutes, I'd have my finger on the pulse of everything that was going on in that region. Yeah. Fantastic. And then I knew how I could better support the team member up there because of the things that they were facing. And that's so true because, uh, you know, I'm, uh,
1: we all experience it where we try to roll out a general view of things with without taking into consideration the local issues which may preclude that rolling out. There are things that we do in in, um, in one state that doesn't work in another state, although we're doing the same work. There are ways of doing things as a leader I need to have the finger on the pulse of the locals. What are they doing? How do they work things? How can we operate within that same confine to get the same result?
0: Yeah, getting the same result, but via a different method. Different method, that's yeah. all it is. The upside, Alex, to listening is this, that they'll be more inclined to follow you <laughs> If you listen, then they listen. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of a gift that comes back to you, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's like respect
1: and all these other things as well, isn't it? We've got to give before we can get. We have to sow before we can reap. You can't play on empty field. You have to put the seed in the ground first and water it. Exactly. And, and if, that's where listening comes in.
0: And if you're a leader, you do that first. Yeah. You know, you're keen to do that first. You move first. And then others respond to that really well. You know, productive leaders understand that one is too small a number to achieve greatness. Yep, absolutely. You know, the solutions that organizations use to improve and solve problems have seen a shift over the years from John's point of view. And in the 1980s, it was all about management and consistency to keep standards from slipping. You know, we've got to keep our gold standards happening and so we need to manage this, manage, manage, manage. And then in 1990s, it was all about leadership by an individual to help navigate the fast-paced change. There was so much change going with the rise of the internet and it becoming mainstream and things were changing so quickly. In the 2000s, the idea is team leadership because leading an organisation has become so complex and multifaceted that the only way to make progress is to develop a team of leaders. So it's not just the concept there's one leader and I'm the leader, but you develop a team of leaders who then operate under someone who has that role of key leader. Yeah.
1: And the benefits of having a team of leaders really is incredible. You know, there's nothing sweeter than working in a team of really well-functioning leaders who value each other, their vision and opportunity focused, and who solve problems and consistently turn failure into wins. With a team like that, you can't help but have increased influence and achievement towards the vision for the organisation. If you desire to be a leader that is keen to build a team of leaders, make a start today. Mm. I'd encourage you to reach out to us at Designed Alliance, designedalliance.com.au. Let us know that that's the pathway that you'd want to head into. We would be honored and we would be chuffed to just walk the journey with you just even have a discussion to begin with to work out what it is that you need and and to understand the vision you're trying to achieve and to just help you to bring you some clarity and some direction in order to achieve that so designedalliance.com.au and uh, in the meantime have a blessed
0: week thanks alex thanks for listening to the leader flow podcast If you found our content valuable, you can subscribe and give us a five star review so others can benefit from the content too. All our episodes and other valuable leader flow information can be found on our website leaderflow.com.au